Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 21 of Charmed. Womb Raider. This is it, folks. This is the big one. This is the one we've been... This is So now we've to stop joking about this name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we should have done that a long time ago. We really... This is, it's a terrible name, though. And also, I have to say, this one shatters my previous theory that the worse the name, the better the episode. Okay, so I feel like we do need to lead this off with a trigger warning. Yeah. I'm sorry, this goes into what a bad episode it is. Let's let's just kind of give a little... Yeah, go ahead. Because this episode is functionally about Phoebe losing her baby. Uh, I'm not sure how to trigger warning that. Uh, child loss? I... So here's the thing, though. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, the opening sequence where she is having a dream where, that she gives birth and the seer steals her baby is, like, heart-rending and a little hard to watch. And the scene where she actually literally loses her, her child, which is a thing that is, you know, after after all the personal stuff we, we went through, it, it is something that's personally a trigger for me. This episode, whatever, nothing. It's so poorly written and acted. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. This this does nothing. This activates no emotions in me. Uh, yes, our child was born very, very early. She's fine now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she spent a lot of time in the... Uh... I didn't want to go too into it, but you're right. We should say everything is fine. But I do, um, I do still have, um, you know, trauma surrounding the, yeah. the birth and everything. Yeah. Yeah, like... Obviously not the same exact scenario, but having a baby come unexpectedly early is an incredibly rough thing to go through. And this scene, the the opening scene, which is the best scene in the episode, like it is horrifying and it hits on a lot of what yeah. is scary about that. Yeah, and I, I bring up the personal thing because... And, you know, when we talk about trigger warnings, normally if I see something that says trigger warning child loss, I do skip it. I'm like, thank you, I needed that trigger. I'm not going to take in this piece of media. And, like, if you do need to skip this, please do. But, just putting out there, this is, like, so poorly written and acted. Not the first scene, but everything that comes after. Yeah. Yeah, again, the first scene, super amazing. The rest of the episode, though, and, like, they seeded some of this. They've seeded... They, they seeded the whole seer being able to take Yeah, she and... said that she would transfer the baby to the sexy paralegal. Yeah, like, there is a whole thing about it, but, like, honest to God, this feels like a rewrite. This... I was gonna say, let's be honest about what this episode is, which is a retcon. Yeah, like, they needed an out for the baby Phoebe thing. Phoebe baby thing. Phoebe baby. <laughs> she does do a lot of her baby voice this episode. Oh my god. I, uh. Also, we watched the trailer for this, and it was because we, we don't always watch the trailers, which we should. And Charmed usually goes either hard comedic or hard serious with their trailers, and this one was kind of split in the middle because they clearly had no idea what to do with the material. I This episode makes me so angry on like so many levels. Should we talk about it? Yeah, let's get into it. So we open with Phoebe giving birth in the hospital, even though, as she points out, she's only been pregnant for two months. And it's interesting. This this is shot where it's very much a 
dream sequence. Like, it's very clear from the way this is shot that it's a dream sequence. And I understand that that is what they, you, you know, they wanted that kind of nightmare feel to it. Mm-hmm. But this is a magical pregnancy. They very easily could have done a fake out here. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's clear from it's clear from the beginning that this is a dream sequence. The baby is being born. They do an emergency C-section. Um, she's a very quick emergency. Like, like this baby is out. Oh, birth on television is way faster than birth. But yeah, they pull the baby out, and then she sees that one of the doctors in the OR. Or... There's a really heartbreaking moment, which is relatable to I think anyone who's had a traumatic birth where phoebe's begging the doctor to tell her that the baby's normal mm-hmm. yeah and then one of the doctors takes her mask off which you're not supposed to do well she's she's also a demon and this is also a dream sequence so it's okay yeah it's so we can see it's the seer and the seer takes the baby and phoebe's screaming like don't 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 take my baby and yeah and then she wakes up yeah it is it is um frightening and it hits hard and we are one minute and 17 seconds into the episode, and they have used up all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that scene, because it's the last well-written thing that you're going to see in this episode. Okay, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What if in an alternate universe they had just kept the baby? Okay. I really think they should have, and there's a fan theory later, which we will dive into once he's an actual character, but apparently one of the... One of the theories about Chris early on was that he was Phoebe's baby. Oh, that would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah, it would have made sense. I think that would have been a cool thing to do. Obviously, there was a little bit of real life rewriting the plot with Holly and Marie Combs actually getting pregnant. But uh-huh. like, I feel like that would have been a cool thing because this episode is not good, but the whole like... And it, all... it, it could have almost, almost redeemed it if this episode had... had been for something right had been setting up an interesting plot but instead this episode is like they reached the end of the plot they didn't know where they were going they didn't know how to this is like you know what i said this is retcon the episode you know what it is it's erasing loose ends the episode because they wrapped up the cold plot and then they were like oh shit baby's still pregnant um no no she's not and it was never her baby, so don't worry, she's not sad about it or anything. Okay, moving on. Also, a ton of the Wyatt stuff would have worked way better if it was Phoebe's baby. Right? Like, the whole reason that he's this omnipotent god baby isn't because it was a charmed one and a white lighter. Which is bad. Because, okay, I know, I know Patty wasn't a charmed one, but... Paige isn't omnipotent. Yeah, Wyatt shouldn't be that much more powerful than Paige. Like, or Chris, speaking of. Yeah, I mean, was Chris. Wasn't Leo, Chris. Wasn't Leo, like, an elder when Chris was conceived? Shouldn't Chris be way more powerful than Wyatt? I don't think that's how white lighter genetics work. Is it not? I mean, Paige got all the white lighter powers. No, but I think, like, all of, all of his powers were focused on him being an elder, so there wasn't much left for his genetic material when he shot it into Piper. So just his weakest genetic material escaped because he was hoarding the rest of it. <laughs> and that's that's, all and that's of, how Chris became Chris. I'm just saying all of the Wyatt stuff would have worked better if it was for Phoebe's baby. That's so true. Plus, then it would have been cool because there's the 
there's the Wyatt being destined to to become like a, a leader, which makes sense for the sources, baby. Like, oh, we could have done so much cool stuff with the underworld. He's the real king of England. He's the real king of England. We even could have done a thing where be, through magic shit, he super aged. So we we had like adults. Well, I mean, they could just do the thing they did with. You know, with Wyatt, where he's time traveling all the time. Oh yeah, we could have done that too. Because they they were always pulling that actor to be like. That's true. Yeah. So so you have Phoebe holding like a little infant Cole Junior, and then like adult Cole Junior comes out and is like, "Hey, just popped in from the future where I'm deciding whether or not I should lead the underworld." Yeah, and you could still have the Chris thing. Have have him be Piper's kid from the future, trying to stop his cousin. Like, I mean. Yeah. Plus, that would be... We're doing pregnancy shit all next season anyway, like... Yeah. Maybe... Did they not want to do that? Did they know that they were doing the Piper plot with Piper having a baby and they didn't want to, like, have another... They didn't want to have so many babies? But if so, why was it so... I guess it's important Well, they just Piper. wouldn't... They wouldn't have done Piper, but right? I it's mean, important that's... for Piper to have a baby, though, because her whole thing is wanting a quote-unquote normal-looking life... So you need to do a baby plot with her. Uh, it just... Because she, she wants her life to look like a heteronormative fantasy. A normal life where she doesn't bind her omnipotent baby's powers. Piper's such a hypocrite. She had no problem binding Phoebe's baby's powers. Mm, which mm. we'll talk about. Yes, we, we should actually get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So we have a super long establishing shot of San Francisco, which we haven't had in a long time. And I think really just speaks to how little episode there is here yeah yeah it really feels like it's been a while since we've had the ten thousand years of opening credits mm -hmm. so as a reminder they blew up coal last episode the source is gone forever for realsies at least they acknowledge wait is the source really gone Paige asks, she's like so how many times oh wait that's at the end of this episode Paige is like how many times have we killed the source spoiler because they do it again this episode they're like three and she's like, okay, so is he dead this time? Third time's the charm? Wah, wah. So Phoebe's been having a rough night because of, you know, nightmares and also morning sickness, which more like all day sickness. Whoa. Every pregnancy plot has to make that joke, which is fair because it, it is that we call it morning sickness. It happens all the time. Yeah. And Phoebe is freaked out because even though... The dream was just a dream. She knows that the seer actually does want her baby. Yes. It felt when we were watching this scene, like, everybody's being just a little too dismissive of it's just a dream. Like, it's just a dream. We'll keep you safe. You're good now. Everything's fine. And it's like, okay, there are evil forces after her baby, number one. Number two, her power is premonition. So maybe we should pay a little more attention to her dream, especially since, as you, Max, pointed out, this one... 100% comes true? Yeah, yeah, although, I mean... But not in the way she foresaw it, because it's not a premonition, it's a prophecy. I... I would feel comfortable dismissing Phoebe's precognitive abilities, though. I was gonna say she's no the seer, but apparently the seer kind of sucks at her job, too, given what happens at the end of the episode. I don't know, maybe she did see what's coming, coming, and she just didn't have any way to stop it. Or she thought she could stop it. 
Anyway. I never thought demonic fetuses would blow up my body, said this woman who voted for demonic fetuses blowing up my body party. So Phoebe pulls Paige aside and is like, okay, yes, you were right. Cool is evil. Say I told you so. Just get it over with. And Paige, okay, Paige is the biggest bitch of all of the Charmed Ones. Wow. But I mean that in like a loving, admiring way. Because I love this move. She's like, Phoebe, I'm just worried about you. I would never, I would never rub your face on the fact that I was right about Cole. Please, I, I just care about you. And I'm like, yes. That's the way. That is the way. Also, I don't feel like your husband was evil and we had to murder him is really a rubbing things in people's faces. Although, I mean, Phoebe was genuinely awful to Paige, even before drinking concentrated evil. I mean, doesn't this speak to how Phoebe would respond if the situation was reversed? Ha ha, I told you so. Your husband's dead. Right? So Phoebe hasn't seen a doctor yet, and Piper really thinks she should, which is fair. Although... The logic here is bizarre, because A, Piper's like, I I have a doctor's appointment for fertility stuff, so clearly I can just give that to you. You can just give people your appointments. Also, this would be a completely different, like... I'm having trouble conceiving and I want my pregnancy checked out would be Those too... are different doctors. Yeah. Also, also apparently Piper already had fertility stuff done because she gets the test results back later this episode. Well, Leo's No, no, Leo says isn't this the appointment where we're supposed to get the test results? So, listen, you absolutely can't swap Plus, even if doctors were okay with you like just swapping appointments at at random, which I assure you they are not. You can't swap out a getting your test results appointment with a new patient intake appointment. A new patient input. I can't even, I can't even speak. A new patient intake appointment is going to be like an hour minimum. Test results is probably like, they probably like a 15 minute slot for you. Also, if you're concerned about the baby because its father was the source of all evil, shouldn't you be seeing like... A magic doctor? Okay, this I actually don't have a problem with because they want to make sure that the baby is, like, human, right? Cole was half human, so they're like, well, the baby's probably human, especially since the seer had to give her, like, a potion to make the baby not be human. So that's I'm okay with that, with being like, let's take it to a human doctor and see if the human doctor thinks it's human, and then... If it doesn't, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. See, this is where I think a magic doctor would come in handy. Because yeah. what happens if it's clearly not? They don't have they don't have one though. They don't have a magic doctor. That's on them. That I mean That's because they're not involved enough with the magical community. Mm. Like, we know that there are magical doctors later in the show when mm-hmm. everything becomes, you know, fairy tale bullshit. Also, Phoebe keeps saying that she's eight weeks pregnant and not to say that she shouldn't go get an appointment right away, because she should, but um, everybody's like, I can't believe you waited eight weeks to see a doctor. That's not... Yeah, like... Most people don't even know they're pregnant at eight weeks. That doctor is such a dick. We'll get to it when we get to it. In fact, a lot of doctors won't even see you at eight weeks, because... Well, also, like, whatever... It's a TV convention, I get it, but he's he's looking at the baby on a sonogram, 
Well, that's way too early for a sonogram. It's way too early for a sonogram. Well, it's way too early for the sonogram on the belly, which is what we think of what she's doing. Um, and I'm saying this as somebody who had a complicated pregnancy and so was getting, who, who so was getting ultrasounds like on from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At her stage, they would so they would be doing this transvaginally, and I know that. Uh, they're they're <laughs> not going to put that on TV. <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is still the the CW. They're not gonna, but you know, wait. It was still the WB? WB at this point. Yeah, they're definitely not gonna show that. But my point is, they're not seeing that baby. Meanwhile, in hell, Dane, this this guy Dane. Okay. Dane the Great. Because like a dog. Oh. Okay, I thought because he had sex with a horse. Wow. No. Anyway, he's being coronated as the new king of the underworld. And then the seer shows up and is like, um, excuse me, the source of all evil. This guy's not related to the source of all evil at all. And I just love the idea that the underworld, even though we had all those, like, factions, wait, never mind. I was going to say, apparently it's run by England, then what was the deal with all those factions? And then I remembered even, like, a moment of English history and was like, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> so they just found some random dude and they were like, look, we need a source, you're the source now. What well, sounds like the council voted on it. Okay. I... They were like, we like this guy. You know what it's like? It's like choosing a new pope. The, the evil cardinals all got together and they sent up the smoke, and they said Dane is going to be the new pope of the of the demons, demon pope. Okay, but it basically means nothing, though, right? If he's becoming the new source, because it's not like he's going to get the source powers, right? No, he's just going to... No, he's... None of the powers, all the responsibility. His job is going to be, like, dealing with territory disputes and deciding who gets to kill which good person, the way that we saw Cole doing last week. Jeez. Yeah, but... But unfortunately for Dane, in his case, when the demons are annoying, he can't just, like, blow them up the way Cole could because he doesn't have the source power. Or maybe the reason they're making him the whatever is because he's the one who's most, his, his power is most easily able to blow up minions. I thought maybe it's because he he uh, he kind of looks like Cole. He does kind of look like Cole. Not a ton, but, you know, he's got, he's got the dark hair. He's got a kind of... Dermot Mulrooney-ish face. Okay, okay, okay. Did the other demons, the demon council or whatever, choose him because he looked like Cole, and that way the lower level demons wouldn't know that there had been a change in 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 leadership, and nobody would get all nervous about things. Remember, the fake Pope can be spotted by the, his upside down hat and very foul mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Butchered that classic Simpsons bit. Anyway, the seer shows up and is like, I'm sorry, but the source of all evil has a child, and that child is the rightful king of the underworld, apparently. That's how it works, right? That, that's how it works. It's like literally not how it's worked up till now, but this, okay. The, the source always has an heir, and then that heir takes over because suddenly we're kings or whatever. I always got the impression that the source power just kind of went to the most powerful demon, and then when someone else became like powerful enough to contain the source, it would just kind of hop ship. I do appreciate that the seer says about Dane, this man has no connection to the source, either through blood or magic. Hmm. So 
Yeah, meaning the source, like, if he was really supposed to be the king of the underworld, the source would have jumped into him, even though the source has been vanquished. They very briefly made reference to the fact that Cole, as a demon, had the same markings as the half-face source, which Uh he really didn't, but... Whatever! I guess maybe they're... uh, It's like those... What's it called? Aliens in in Star Trek? The Uh, Trill? Is that it? Okay. Where, like, a a bunch of them, like, there's a host thing that... Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Trill. They they have... Yes, they... they, Yes. That that is what happened. They serve as host. Um, It's funny that you brought up Star Trek, because that is appropriate, but I actually thought you were going to bring up um, Stargate, which is more appropriate. Because Stargate actually has little little slug aliens that transfer from person to person. Not a big enough nerd for Stargate. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Out of all the Star franchises, Wars, Trek, and Gate, yours is my third favorite. Okay, in Stargate... Speaking of Simpsons quotes. In Stargate, though, the Ga'uld actually do, like, take on human hosts and take them over the way the Source took over Cole. Um, but it also kind of merged with Cole because it still had a boner for Phoebe. Yeah, that's kind of how the Ga'uld work. Uh. I mean, well... Okay, now I'm getting really into the nerd weeds here, but there's there's a thing, because Daniel Jackson's wife is taken, so the question is whether he'll be able to, like, rescue her and bring her back. So for the first little bit of the show, the question is, does anything of the host remain? And then the answer we will find out is yes. Like, yeah, the host because of is Claudia Black. Well, not just because of Claudia Black. We actually meet a whole subset of good Gaul'uld who are in a symbiotic and not parasitic relationship with their hosts and they go and they like kill Gaul'uld and they free the hosts and they're the ones who freed Claudia Black's character but we meet her way after we've met the other okay when did this tv show come out because that's also a plot in Animorphs with the Yerks which are little slug creatures that crawl into your uh, ear and then take over your brain let's see the movie was 1994. The TV show started in 1997. Okay, I, I think they might have been cribbing a little bit from Animorphs there. I'm not sure when those books came out, but I, I think it might have been... Well, the first Animorph book was published in 1996. Oh, yeah, there's probably not enough time there. Although they came out on, like, a monthly basis, so... Honestly, though, I think that this is just a thing... I think we even talked about this on our Welcome to the Uncharted Territories podcast last week. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's definitely like a human anxiety about something that is not you taking over your body and looking like you, right? And then the question is, if that happens, could you still go back to being you? And we talked about how in angel there's the thing with Illyria taking over fred's body and obliterating fred right mm-hmm. that's that same anxiety stephanie meyer of twilight fame go on wrote a book about exactly this the host which mm-hmm. is about a series of aliens who come and they take over human bodies that movie flopped yes although the book is not the worst thing in the world i will say it's not as bad as twilight mm. But the question there is, because the host, when the aliens take over human bodies, they, like, get their memories, and it's told from the point of view of 
an alien who like still loves the people her host loved and cares about the things her 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 host cared about so you know what what is what, what are we i'm trying to figure out like where this anxiety comes from and i think it probably has to do with like pregnancy no i i appreciate you trying to bring us back i was actually going to say i think it has to do with mental health like a question like what am i if i'm feeling if i'm feeling different am i still me and can i be me again but that might be that might be too like well, I, th- I think there's an argument for pregnancy here because you're growing a creature inside of you. There's a creature inside of you that is controlling aspects of you hormonally and you're and it will alter you on a fundamental level. Like your life is going to be controlled by this thing forever. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say for the next 18 years, but like. Yeah, there a lot of horror does have parenthood anxiety, right? And then the question of like, can I be me again ever? Yeah. I mean, the new Evil Dead movie's explicitly about that. Ugh, I can't with that. Mm. It's too... It's too... Mm-mm. Also, it's weird that that and uh, Mathrigan and I feel like there's a few others. I think I feel like it's a really common thing in horror movies where the mother dies and there's an aunt who's thrust into a mother role. Yeah, I think because we believe, okay, so we have parenting anxiety and we're making horror movies about parenting anxiety. Like that's, we, we acknowledge that's what we're doing. In fact, I haven't even, I haven't brought it up yet, but there's some very Rosemary's Babies vibes happening in this episode and, you know, parenting anxiety, right? Yeah. Parenting slash pregnancy anxiety. And I think that when we have a, a generation that is not having children or putting off having children, which we do right now with, with us, with millennials, for very valid reasons, it makes sense that the structure would be, yeah, you didn't give birth, but now you're a parent because it's like, otherwise the Rosemary's baby, like, that's not scary. I'm not going to marry a guy and move into some fancy apartment and get impregnated by a cult. That's just not, I'm just not about that. And if I did, I would go to Planned Parenthood. R.I.P. Rosemary, but I'm better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Whereas, like, oh, somebody that I care about went and spawned a child, and now they're gone, and now I guess I care about this child. Like, that, that, I, I can, I, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that that would be kind of the trope that's starting to emerge. Hmm. Even in the new Scream movie, right, it's a sister who's kind of taking over the care of her, of her little sister. It's the same thing, right? Because Scream used to be Scream was a teen slasher movie, but with the introduction of the main characters being sisters now, with one kind of taking the role of caretaker of the other, it's moved into yet another parenthood anxiety horror franchise. I assume I haven't seen the most recent one yet. It's in New York. So is Rosemary's baby. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Charmed. So Phoebe is at Piper's doctor's appointment. Is Piper's doctor being a huge jerk to Phoebe because this is not what he's supposed to be doing right now? Possibly. Because Piper is also physically there. Well, that at- makes sense. You. You. Lots of people have support people with them in. No, no. But imagine that you go to a doctor's appointment with someone else, and you're like. By the way, you're not going to be doctorizing me. You're going to be doctorizing her. I'm just here for emotional support. This is so, it is so weird. But he's like, wow, you're a really shitty mom. You haven't had a checkup yet, even though you've been pregnant for five minutes. I do want to be fair to him that she's like, well, I was under the care of a seer. 
which is like a new age thing. Like, what? You're, you're explaining this poorly, Phoebe. <laughs> you're, you're being bad at explaining this. Also, also, though, I know I've brought this up before, possibly not on this podcast, but one of the things about Rosemary's Baby, and this holds true, side note, this holds true for Stepford Wives as well, which is a, based on another Ira Levin book. That it's pre-divorce or pre-no-fault uh, divorce? No, no, that's the thing. Yes, that is the thing with Stepford Wives. But no, the thing I was going to say about Rosemary's Baby that also applies to Stepford Wives is that a lot of the horror isn't that she's pregnant with a demon baby. It's that no one is taking her seriously because they're like, oh, it's just a hysterical woman. She runs away. She goes to the doctor. She tells the doctor because she knows she's going to sound crazy if she says my baby is a demon. So instead, what she says is, my husband has joined a cult and the cult he is in is after me and my baby. Like, they, they are dangerous people and I need to be kept away from them. And the doctor's response is to call her husband and tell him to come take away his hysterical wife. So, like, the doctor is way more horrific than the cult people who at least want her to receive proper medical care. So, the doctor is being a real dick to Phoebe. And Phoebe's having demonic pregnancy symptoms okay she gets upset and her head bursts into flame literally but it it's a literal hot flash the effect is so bad it's so bad it looks like something that you would see on a disney channel original tv series like that's that's the level of this effect wizards of waverly place as special effect yes and she's kind of like trying to indicate to piper because it, it you know the flames burst up and then they go down and the doctor doesn't see them but she's trying to get piper to freeze so that they can get away before they reveal themselves as witches but piper is just like not picking up what she's putting down and then the until do- the baby electrocutes the doctor the doctor touches her with the cold gel huge electrical shock guy gets blown to a wall then piper's like oh right yep so piper freezes things Phoebe explains that the baby is protecting itself, which again, flashes of Wyatt, that's going to happen with, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And Piper says, Phoebe, babies don't protect themselves in the first trimester. I mean, do they not? Yeah, like, your, your mom had premonitions during her first trimester when she was pregnant with Phoebe. Remember, you did... You did a power of three spell with Phoebe when she was eight weeks old. Why do you think that this baby, who's the child of Phoebe and Cole, can't, like, blast a couple doctors across the room? Yeah. Come on, Piper, grow up. So Paige is looking up the seer, which I feel like it's weird they didn't do this before. Like, I mean, I know they weren't trying to vanquish her at the time or whatever, but, like, it feels weird that they didn't try to get a lowdown on her when she was like helping them out with the woogie or whatever okay i think this is actually a problem with the book of shadows okay Paige just wants to do some in-depth research she knows that the seer is in the book of shadows so presumably they've already opened it up and read her passage and she's like trying to figure out any more information she can get because of the dreams that phoebe's been having and that makes sense that's totally valid but because of the way the Book of Shadows is 
like designed because of what we've seen seen huh? we know that there's just a single paragraph so i don't know what more information you're hoping to get right they they want to do a buffy thing where she goes to the library and she's got like 20 books in front of her but we've established that all of the information that you need is in this one book with one paragraph and one photoshopped illustration well Paige does find the thing that she needs for this which is that the seer is mostly a seer that she's served basically every source since forever until i guess the last one or the one before cole anyway traded her in for that naked table lady but apparently she's been like puppet mastering the sources for literally thousands of years okay if we knew that the seer was the power behind the throne enough to write that down in the book of shadows feels like information they should have pulled out earlier you know what Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be critical of the Book of Shadows. Maybe the issue is... That, that they didn't look her up. Well, like, just their reading comprehension is that poor, right? They don't have a Giles or a Willow. So they just opened it up. They saw the picture of the seer and they were like, okay, that's the seer. And then when things started to get a little hinky, they were like, I guess we should actually read the paragraph next to the picture, huh? I do get the impression that the book kind of says that the Sears whole thing is basically just underworld politics, so maybe she's not someone you have to sweat all that much. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because, I mean, honestly, how much do the Charmed Ones care about who's actively running the underworld? You know, this is weird. We're, like, theorizing about this, but it's totally possible for us to just read what it says in the Sears entry. Should we do that? Sure. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit while you're looking that up about the weird thing with upper-level demons. Because we've had upper-level demons since season one. They they make a big deal out of having to vanquish her the same way they, you know, the with the same kind of potion they used on Balthazar. You know, the one that requires a piece of the demon that you're going to vanquish his flesh. Mm-hmm. Except that's not been a super consistent thing with upper-level demons. Uh, I mean, granted, it was early in the show, but the first one we saw was uh, Hakate. Oh, it's so painful. Yeah, and the wedding from hell. And she needed a, like, holy knife to kill. And, like, we see with Cole and we see it here, but I feel like they kill a lot of upper-level demons without needing a chunk of their flesh for a potion. I mean, the power of three usually... Like, I feel like upper-level demon usually means power of three spell. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It is weird that they went to the vanquishing spell. Especially because they just used the power of three later in the episode anyway. All right, here's what the seer's entry says. Okay. An upper-level demon who has been around for thousands of years. Because she has the power to see the future, she is a top advisor to the source of all evil. In fact, she has served multiple sources, choosing to remain close to the ultimate power. She is a magical craftsman and master at spells and tonics, but only kills when she has to. Yeah, fair. I I can legitimately see, you know, reading the entry and being like, okay, you know what? We don't need to bother with her. Like, if she's not going around killing people, like, who cares if she's just messing with the, you know, hierarchy of the underworld? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's not... It's not an informationally dense paragraph, but they had to go back and reread it. 
All right, I know we don't talk about clothes that much, except we do say we're not talking about clothes a lot, so maybe. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say you say that, but we talk about we talk about clothing quite a bit on this show. This is really silly, but it bugged me, so I just have to bring it up, okay? The, like, panel at the back of Paige's shirt? No, I don't have a problem with the panel, because the panel makes sense, because it's not a shirt. She's wearing a vest. She's wearing a suit vest as a top. Okay. So that's that's what suit vests look like. It's just that that's not what it that's not a top. That's not supposed to be worn as a top. So she's wearing a suit vest as a top. When we go up to the attic where she's researching the seer, she's got a pink hoodie on over the vest. Okay? Just hang on to that, okay? So Phoebe and Piper come home and they're like, hey, so the doctor's appointment didn't go so well because the baby tried to kill the doctor. And then Phoebe says, my goodness saved Cole. It can save the baby, too. Did you forget what happened last episode? Like... I guess Cole didn't do a very good job trying to kill you while he was the source, if that's what you're counting as my goodness. My goodness saved Cole. What is that? Does she mean, like, before he became the source? Because, okay, yeah, technically, but he put all the weight back on. Like. <laughs> my good <and> more. <laughs> my goodness saved. Oh, my God. I just. <laughs> Don't break your back sucking your own dick, Phoebe. <laughs> but, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> so they're going to make the vanquishing potion to kill the seer, but they need the tissue sample. This is such a, like, you're right. You know, I hadn't really thought about it. I just kind of accepted, okay, she's an upper level demon. We need the vanquishing potion. But this is such a, like, fake thing to get them to the penthouse. Because we know that the vanquishing potion requires some tissue of the demon. Flesh of the demon. Yes. And they have some of her blood at the penthouse from the potions that she was making to give Phoebe to make her baby evil. So they're like, I guess that's what we'll do. And then as they're heading out to the penthouse, Phoebe just... Force pushes Paige out the window. Yeah, she lashes out at Paige, pushes her out the window, and Paige, you know, orbs before she hits the ground and then orbs back into the attic and then takes... Okay, this is why I wanted to bring this up. And then takes off the pink hoodie because it's covered in glass, mm. which is fine. That makes sense. But I, the fact that it's like such a... The fact that it's a thing that Paige wouldn't wear really bumped me because it really stood out like... You put that on because you knew you were about to go through some candy glass. And it just, it, I, I, maybe I'm being unfair to the show that it bumped me so much, but I'm just like. By the way, she orbs back up on her way down and she nearly falls onto Daryl. Yes, like, Daryl's on his way into the manor. So I guess all that glass just fell on Daryl. He's fine. It's just candy glass. It's just sugar glass. Uh, Daryl comes in and he's like, so what what was going on? are you doing orbing practicing and he's like it's really important that i talk to you and they're like daryl we're kind of busy and he's like well i'm kind of covering up murders that you've committed so i could really use your help yeah like you need to like 
The law firm that Cole worked for, it turns out that is a real law firm, and they are starting to ask questions about the fact that he has, you know, not come into work for the past few days. Which is good to I, know. I feel like that just raises further questions. Well, I was going to say it's good to know because I feel like we were questioning whether there even was a real law firm or not. Yeah. Like but, a human law firm. But yes, there there is a human law firm that apparently was cool with giving Cole the apartment and all of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. He's presumably a good lawyer. He'd been doing it for centuries. Or just demonic influence, I guess. If you oh, yeah, that's just... you. That's you. Yeah. They probably knew at least one person who could, like, bedazzle the mind and bewitch the senses or whatever to give Cole a fancy new apartment and a nice car. I think this establishes, though, that this was definitely a human law firm. Because you know who doesn't report to the police when their employees go missing? A lot of people. I was going to say Wolfman Hart. Oh, yeah. The demon law firm from Angel. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think, I think... If you stopped showing up to work and didn't answer your calls and had the kind of job that Cole has where you're doing a lot of high-powered shit for a lot of money, your employers would file a missing person report at some point. And, and by the way, uh, Daryl doesn't say that they have, just that they need to get in front of it before they do. Essentially, his, his theory, his theory is that Phoebe needs to be the one who files the report because otherwise she'll be a suspect. Which I think is fair. I I don't fault the logic of that. I just don't think that's going to give it as much protection as Daryl's acting like it will, right? Like, I don't think that's going to immunize Phoebe from being the, the, the sole suspect for this guy. Also, also, this would have been a perfectly fine way to get them over to the apartment without having to do the whole we need a pound of flesh from the seer thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why Daryl was showing up, was to bring them to the penthouse. Yeah, you know what? I was trying to give them credit for, like, the way that they had structured the story, but, yeah, you just you just tore that up. Yep, yep. So, so Daryl's looking around, and he's like, wow, it really looks like someone got murdered in here, which... And I they're like, grow up, Daryl! Someone did! He's like, what is this giant scorch mark on the floor? And they're like, that's where we killed Cole, because we are murderers, and you cover for us. We are magical murderers who cannot be stopped by human means go have fun covering up our crimes okay so i was going to say it doesn't particularly look like someone was murdered here it looks like there was a little tornado like i i wouldn't think murder scene i i, I honestly would think someone ransacked the apartment or like a wind demon came through yeah I, exactly because apparently prue's death was investigate prue and that doctor's death was investigated as a murder even though they were blown through a wall Does, does wind kill a lot of people in San Francisco? Okay, San Francisco's really windy, so maybe. Um, here's here's the thing. I thought it was ridiculous when they were investigating the sisters for Prue's death when she was clearly like blown through a wall during some sort of weather event. I mean, we know it was a demon, but you know what I mean. But a hurricane <laughs> localized entirely in your foyer in this time of year in this part of the country. Yes. Can I see it? No. <laughs> I got the order mixed up. I'm just slaughtering Simpsons quotes left, right, and center this episode. My point is, 
One is a freak weather occurrence. <laughs> Two. Two, I'm going to start asking some questions. So, yeah, I guess it is good that they cover this up. Paige uses what is quickly becoming the Charmed One's utility spell. I think it's Paige's utility spell. Like, Paige is the one who uses it all the time. The uh, disappearing spell. The uh, let the object of objection become but a dream as I cause the scene to become unseen. Which, if magic ever becomes real, and TV magic specifically, I will be prepared. I can do that, and I can do the thick air spell from Buffy right off the top of my head. I have a weird question about it, though, because it implies, the wording of the spell implies that it's an illusion, but it appears to actually change things. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure that it does physically change. Like, like when she'd used it on her co-worker's acne, his skin was smooth after it. He didn't, uh, like, she didn't just make it invisible. Okay, so it's not just an illusion spell. It does change things. Yeah, it is honestly kind of a broken spell in terms of functionality. All right. Broken in a good way. Like, this spell is honestly kind of way too powerful speaking of broken magical systems Mm -hmm. i almost feel like we should keep track with this spell in particular right are are you upset she didn't get the giant comedy boobs because whoa personal gain okay the comedy boobs are offensive to me on every level but yeah why isn't this personal gain right she's helping her sister cover up a murder helping her sister cover up a murder personal gain Helping a client win her custody case by covering up her bruises. Wait, no, re- no. reverse that. Helping her sister cover up a murder. Totally fine. Totally magic approved. Helping her client get her child back. Personal gain. Well, I mean, per- helping her sister with like her dress. Person, not personal gain. Magic approved. You know what? Personal gain is just anything that doesn't help Phoebe, apparently, according to the rules of magic. I mean, Prue couldn't use magic to help that guy uh, get justice for his murdered daughter back in season three. Yeah, because he wouldn't help Phoebe. It's not the personal gain rule. It's what does Phoebe gain from this rule? Huh, that's interesting because she resolved that with the, the ghost from Phoebe's subplot. Helping the ghost move on. Even though I feel like functionally having a ghost force a confession out of someone isn't all that different than just using magic to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I think we've I think we've we've cracked we've cracked the personal gain problem. So Daryl and Phoebe are gonna go off and pack up a bunch of cold shit, so it looks like he ran away. And which I, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, I guess you have to do that. But on the other hand, that's so obvious, right? If, if you killed your husband, that's the first thing you would do, right? Uh, I, I feel like we're overestimating how invested the police are going to be in this. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Well, while that's happening, Piper and Paige are going to get the, the blood so that they can make the vanquishing potion. And this is super cool. They need to open up the safe and... Paige is like, oh, I'll just orb the safe door into my hands. And she says, if financial disaster ever strikes, I will come in handy. And I'm like, financial disaster? Paige, I think what you're talking about is forming a magical bank robbing squad. That's a show I'd watch. Although, I guess they're instantly successful at it isn't really a... Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that Phoebe is a member of that squad so that there's no personal gain, apparently! <laughs> 
Oh, I thought you you meant so stuff would go wrong and there would be a plot. Okay, we the story structure just fixed itself, right? They're only allowed to do the magic if Phoebe is a part of the crew, and Phoebe fucks it all up all the time. So yeah, that, it works. That's why there's a show. There you go. We cracked it. Cracked it. Anyway, while they're doing this, oh, and there's no, there's no blood in there. Oops, uh oh. But there is a note from Cole to Phoebe that he left in the in the safe. Cole with his grade schooler ass handwriting. I I can't judge. I have terrible handwriting, but. So he actually prints like a draftsman. Hmm. So, which is, I I don't know, I don't know what to do with that piece of information, but. They probably just had someone on the crew do it. <laughs> True, it's true but it, it, it if you if you know the way draftsmen print when they write stuff out that's how he writes mm. so while they're doing this phoebe's being all maudlin with daryl about cole being dead she has like a giant ass teddy bear and she's like cole bought me this when he found out i was pregnant and daryl's like okay do do how do Daryl clearly has no idea what to do, but luckily this awkward moment is interrupted by the seer opening a portal in the closet and trying to suck Phoebe in so she can pull the baby out of her. And Daryl grabs Phoebe's legs and he's like, can I get a little help in here? And they take forever to run into the room and help her. Yeah. Him and her, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe but... manages to grab a hold of the seer's earring. Which is a weird instinct because she should be trying to get away from the seer, not grab onto her, but she, whatever. She grabs a hold of the earring, which rips off a chunk of the seer's earlobe. So now they have their tissue sample. It, that actually happened to a friend of mine in high school. He, he had a pierced ear and someone... And, I, yeah, and, it happens. Yeah, and he had the, he called it his Pac-Man ear. Oof. I uh, used to know a guy who was, who was punk, you mm -hmm. know? And he had he had huge um he had all sorts of huge piercings and stuff but he also had like four four slices down his ear where he had hung things that were too heavy on his earlobes and oh. they had like ripped through Ugh, nightmare scenario not quite as bad as eye stuff but up there what's funny about it what's weird about it is that it looks so much more horrifying than it actually feels because your, your earlobes doesn't have that much sensation and that's why we're able to pierce them all the time it's just cartilage hmm but yeah, it looks horrifying. Also, is Phoebe very strong? Or uh, I, I assume demons would be hardier, but I mean... Eh. For the purposes of this, no. <laughs> uh, so back at the manor, Paige is getting the potion ready, and she's staying out of Phoebe's way so that the baby doesn't try to kill her, since apparently the baby hates her. Yeah, the baby has inherited Cole's distaste for Paige. Yep. Because it's not a white lighter thing. Baby's totally cool with Leo. No, it's just Paige. It's because Paige can see the evil in it. And Cole. I assume. <laughs> Paige is the only one who's not totally fooled, so that's why the baby hates Paige. Piper's trying to get uh, Phoebe to eat while Paige makes the vanquishing potion for the seer. And the lettuce or whatever that phoebe's eating turns into a hunk of flesh it's a chunk of watermelon so they're like uh. so the the image kind of works right the chunk of watermelon turns into a chunk of raw steak which again is very rosemary's baby because that's what happens when rosemary's pregnant with the demon baby she starts to crave like raw, raw meat. meat yeah 
fun fact, watermelon is a good way to stay hydrated. All right. Yeah, it's right there in the name. It's, yeah, yeah. If you have a young child or, I guess, very old person who uh, doesn't want to drink, but you want them to stay hydrated, watermelon is a good way to go with that. Oh, good to know. So Phoebe's like, oh, gross, raw meat. And then Leo orbs in and is like, hey, by the way, the elder said that the seer is trying to steal your baby because... Thanks, Leo. No, seriously, this is how poorly written this episode is. This feels like such clunky exposition. He didn't even say he was going to go see the elders. Oh, I guess he did. Maybe did he? I don't even know. The point is, he like literally, he literally pops in to be like, hey, just decided to pop in and give you an exposition dump. And Paige comes in with the vanquishing potion, and of course the baby shoots a fireball. The the baby through Phoebe shoots a fireball at her because, you know, it doesn't want to vanquish the seer. It wants to go to the seer. Sure. And now Paige needs to go make another vanquishing potion, but it's okay. They still have some ear left, so don't worry. There's there's absolute there's absolutely no no conflict here. No stakes. Don't worry about it. We'll just make another one. Not that it ends up mattering anyway. And then, okay, and then Piper gets all mom on the two of them, and she's like, okay, you two stay away from each other, stay in different rooms, and don't talk to each other. And it's like, neither of them wants this to be happening. You don't need to go all, like... Yeah, they're not fighting or anything. Phoebe's unborn fetus is puppeteering her in an attempt to kill Paige because Paige killed its daddy. Except not really, as we'll find out yeah. Uh, Phoebe says that the baby's just trying to protect itself and that right now it's trying to protect itself from the psychological harm of dealing with someone who has unresolved issues towards its father. Literally, that's what she says. I'm not I'm not making that up. Hey, hey, she went to college for like three months. Oh, right. She majored in psych. How is that not a plot we went into more we got like three phoebe at college plots well she uses it now in her job as star columnist ask phoebe hey hey first episode since ask phoebe was introduced where it's not referenced is it the first time that it has been referenced that it hasn't been referenced right right yeah yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I think so because remember she was all cole stop being evil i need to write my column <laughs> God, I need to tell a woman whose husband is cheating on her to leave her husband. It's very difficult work. Very difficult work. Definitely couldn't be done by a t-shirt. So, in the underworld, the seer is at the source's prison. For... She, she goes to a dungeon in the underworld and talks to a tall demon. Like, that's literally how he's referenced. A tall demon. I also don't get the point of this character. He, uh, like, he he does basically nothing. Like I almost feel like, this is so bizarre, but I almost feel like it wasn't really about him. It was about the cage. The seer, the seer is the one who made the cage, which makes sense because the Book of Shadows told us that she was a craftsman. Which I really like and I wish they had gone more into. I mean, they did a little bit with her being like the one brewing all the different potions and stuff. But she, she's like, look, I created this unbreakable cage from which no magic can escape. Yeah, see, they just need the cage free. And uh, I'm going to unleash you to go fuck up the Charmed Ones. And he's like, what's a Charmed One? And she's like, right, you've been in here for like 2,000 years. Yep. Okay, so there are these things called Protestants. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess the idea is that, again, this is just really clumsily written. The idea is that he's in this powerful cage that the seer created because he is such a powerful demon that other demons had to contain him. And because he's such a powerful demon, he can go take care of the charmed ones, even though no other demon has been able to do it before, as the seer says. Except the thing she wants to use him for is he has the ability to be a living portal and he just she just wants him to get Phoebe into the cage like into the underworld into the cage like is that is that something you need this particular guy i mean also also they they mentioned they mentioned it which i have some issues with the fact because phoebe phoebe talked earlier in the episode about being terrified that the seer was just gonna teleport her into her living room like she used to do to cole and phoebe all the time and they're like no since you turned your back on evil she can't do that to you anymore there is no evidence for that yeah i feel like that's a and she opened up she opened a portal anyway like yeah these people are no this is very rosemary's baby they're just not listening to phoebe look i i feel bad comparing this to like actual horror stories that actually delve into the complicated feelings of impending parenthood and the fears that are attached to that Mm -hmm. because it makes it sound like this might be a good episode and it's really not (laughs) it's really not like the fact is they were like oh how do we get phoebe to the underworld i guess we'll just get a demon no demon's been able to get phoebe before i don't know let's just say he's like a powerful demon and they just haven't tried powerful demons before and let's just say that he like can portal her down here i don't know like, that's, that's what's really happening here. Let's be honest. Mm. At the police station, Phoebe is reporting her husband missing. And again, like, creating a theme with the doctor and this guy. This guy's like, um, so your husband just went missing? He just took off? You expect me to believe that your husband just took off? Yes. Yes, we do. He, although he does a complete 180 later in this and he's like yeah i see this all the time guys just walking out on their kids real pieces of shit and the demon the fetus starts throwing fireballs at him and knocking books off the shelves and giving him i don't know ulcers he leans back like before you know the thing that triggers the baby to start attacking him he leans back like super condescendingly and is like so did your husband ever hit you like what is this acting choice you have made, my friend? He, he asks if Cole is ever violent towards Phoebe. And Phoebe doesn't say the honest answer, which is yes. Because she's like, she's like, the main problem in uh, in our relationship was he, my sisters didn't want me to marry him. They didn't approve. And the guy's like, why? And why doesn't she just say Cole was abusive? I, okay, honestly, I don't think Phoebe is capable of seeing how Cole behaved as abusive. And I mean, even if she's not, it's the thing you say for this situation. And I don't think she's capable of lying about that either, because she's still in love with him. Not lying, you know. I mean, she could, like, just straight up say everything that happened. Cole physically attacked my sisters. That's why they don't like her. Him. Yeah, but she's not capable of... Yeah, you're right. That wouldn't be long. That's literally hey, the truth. Cole but, strangled me one time. But she, she's not capable of talking about Cole in that way because she's in love with him and she doesn't want to see him in that way. Which, again, could be a really interesting way to talk about people who have experienced domestic violence, like, experience it. And the tension between 
the person who is supposed to care for you being the person who's causing you harm and like the dissonance that creates in your mind and why it's difficult to leave or or even or you know seek justice against your attacker for those reasons right this could be something interesting to delve into but instead he just leans back and he's like so this guy ever hurt you and the baby's like no my dad was a great guy and throws books at him and then generates a fireball which i i love phoebe i love daryl's like put it out and she's like i don't know how to put it out so she just throws it into a trash can and daryl's like fire everyone look at it as i shepherd her out of the room although phoebe starts getting stomach pains uh-huh which mm. yep so back at the manor there's a there's a weird thing where sometimes they call daryl daryl and sometimes they call him morris like he's your friend you can use his first name it is weird. Like, it would make sense if they called him Morris, like, if that was just a thing. Yeah, if it was consistent, but they really go back and forth on, you know, he's your friend. You've known him for several years, I guess, Paige, less so, but. Yeah. All right, we paused for what should be a dramatic scene, but it's hard for it to be dramatic because it's sandwiched in such a shit episode. So. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't get why this is a thing. Because they backtrack on it next episode. Also, the logic here is very bizarre. Granted, I'm not a fertility expert or anything. But Paige is like, gee, Piper, you look like you have something to say. Wait, wait. First, first, before we get into it, Piper's like, hey, I know that this baby's probably like 100% a demon. But we should love it and make sure to treat it like, like a baby. Because it's the only baby anyone in this house is going to have. Yes, because the doctor called Piper. Yeah, so apparently this appointment could have been a phone call. <laughs> this appointment could have been a phone call. The doctor called Piper, and apparently the reason that she's been having trouble getting pregnant over the past, what, month? Two months? Is because she's been thrown into a wall too much, and it made her uterus fall out. She has so much blunt trauma and scar tissue in her uterus that she cannot give birth. Yeah, the... Yeah, it's the fact that she's been repeatedly thrown into walls has built up scar tissue in her uterus. And, okay, I I have questions, first of all, about why doesn't healing, why why wouldn't, what, 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 what does healing do? Like, there shouldn't be a chance for scar tissue to form, right? Well, there shouldn't be scar tissue because there's not, there's not cutting. Yeah, also that, also being thrown into a wall. That's what I feel like she has like, like concussion syndrome, but like with her uterus, like instead of her brain hitting her skull, her uterus has hit her rib cage too many times. I mean, the jokey thing I said about her uterus falling out made more sense. Like somehow being thrown into a wall repeatedly gave her scar tissue in her uterus. Okay, so now I'm gonna now I, I am gonna get a little personal. Yeah. So the reason that I had fertility issues when we tried to get pregnant is because of massive amounts of scar tissue from endometriosis, which is very common. It's a common thing. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to set up right now, and that like you said, they're just totally going to abandon spoiler, is that Piper has problems because she wants to have this normal family and it's in conflict with the work that she has to do, with the fact that she 
has to battle demons, and so the demons made her infertile. Okay, whatever. Um, it would be so much more interesting if her fertility issues were from a very normal, non-magical thing. She's like, I want to have a normal life. And it's like, yeah, guess what, Piper? This is what's normal. Having to deal with these kinds of everyday barriers and complications, that's what normal is. And then she can confront her idea of what normal means against her idea of what, like, being magical is. And maybe her idea of normal is a little idealized. Like, I... Let's do that story instead of the demon the demon punched your stomach too many times and now you can't get pregnant. Healing. But to revisit a familiar topic. Are you going to talk about how Leo was able to heal water pipes, but apparently he can't heal baby pipes? Oh my god. Oh my god. No. Uh, although, yeah. We <laughs> not that specifically, but... Honestly, don't they have a bunch of magical options for fertility? Probably. Like, uh, no, no, that aside, going off what you said, one of the things that makes the body, the the Buffy episode, the body, Uh land so hard is the fact that Joyce, Buffy's mom, isn't killed by a demon. Like, when her mom dies, she has a brain aneurysm. Mm -hmm. And the whole episode is basically rooted in the horrors of the mundane. The scene where she tries uh, to do, like, where she tries to do CPR on her mom. And then when the paramedics come and you can't see anyone's face because she just keeps losing focus. And, like, I honestly, God, that episode is so well done. It's really hard to watch. But one of the great things about the way that episode is structured is that the relief at the end of the episode is when Buffy goes down to the morgue and has to kill a vampire because that brings us back into the realm of the fantasy. Like, but it also makes us confront the fact that fighting vampires is the better alternative to living in Buffy's real world at that moment. Yeah, like, it's an evil you can fight. And... Uh, It kind of reminds me of... um... Uh, a Neil Gaiman quote about fairy tales mm-hmm. and he says uh, fairy tales don't exist to tell children that dragons are real it exists to tell children that dragons can be defeated and that's yeah like that's the that's the whole thing right but then it makes you confront it in the Buffy episode because it it's fake right Buffy can kill a vampire but she can't help her mother and then in the next episode, when Dawn tries to use magic to bring her mother back, and it's like, no, monkey's paw, that does not work. And in Charmed, I think it would have been really fascinating if her infertility had had a mundane explanation, and then she had been resistant to using a magical cure. Yeah. Like, that could have been an interesting piece of tension. Yeah, that would have been a cool thing if, if Piper was reliant on magic to have the thing that she wants which is a life away from magic right also if this plot lasted more than an episode like i know they've been dabbling with the whole piper is having trouble getting pregnant thing except it's been barely any time well i mean okay i'm gonna i'm gonna defend charmed here Mm -hmm. charmed has been giving us piper dealing with infertility consistently like they have they have done the legwork of establishing that the problem is that 
anybody who has dealt with the process of getting pregnant is like, oh my god, Piper, calm down! <laughs> it is... You have not been trying long enough to be... You, a, a fertility doctor... I don't know if this is the case in 2001 when this episode takes place, but I know now, in, in 2023, a doctor will not even see you if you've only been trying for three or four months, which is how long she's been trying. At Piper's age, a doctor would not even run a fertility test on her until she and Leo had been trying for a year. I would also... I, I, my, my first thought would be that Leo was the reason they were having trouble having a baby, except obviously Paige exists, but like... He is He's technically dead. dead. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Anyway, Phoebe is in active labor or something. Something bad is happening, and she shows back up at the manor. Leo can't do anything to help her. He tried to heal, but it didn't work because the baby's evil, and he can't heal evil. I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's what's happening, right? That's what we're meant to take from that. Yeah. Remember, he could only half heal Cole, and Piper just shoves Paige behind a wall. Right, so that the baby doesn't start attacking her. Also, they do the flame on the head trick again, which, um, no. Yeah, so Phoebe's kind of, like, writhing on the floor, and she's like, oh, God, I'm in horrible agony. And then a giant demon, the giant demon, teleports in, and Leo tries to hit him with a chair, which, honestly, good instinct, Leo. Demon comes in, you throw whatever you're currently near, and the chair voips into the alternate dimension, so I guess there's just a chair in the Sears living room now. It's in the cage, because it's going to voip into the cage, so which is good, because... They'll have somewhere to sit. They'll have somewhere to sit. Piper does do the thing we always criticize her for not doing, and tries to freeze him immediately, but he's immune to freeze, I guess. And instead, in fighting him, Paige gets thrown into the portal. Well, Paige... Paige runs out and she's like, Phoebe, look out, a really tall demon. And Phoebe kicks her into the demon. And they, they blip back to the Sears living room. I, I'm i going to give this sequence a lot of credit. Because Paige was standing behind the wall, mm -hmm. kind of watching them, watching Piper try to help Phoebe. And you could see how frustrated she was that she couldn't do anything. And Paige, to some extent, is still an outsider in this family because she's only just been, you know, found. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be in there. She wants to be helping Phoebe. We didn't talk about it, but she she called into work. She bailed on work so that she could research this year. You know, reading that paragraph over and over again. Anyway, she bailed on work so that she could try to find a solution to help Phoebe. She really, really wants to be a sister here. And she's being excluded from that by the fact that the baby is trying to kill her. And... So now, when she has the opportunity to defend Phoebe, she, like, jumps on that, and then... Phoebe kicks her into the demon, and they both disappear. Well, I mean, it makes sense that... So Paige is the one who suffers the consequences, right? Well, the baby made... The baby made Phoebe. Because <laughs> Phoebe says in a baby voice after, you know, kicking Paige into the demon, the baby made me do it. Every time she does that baby voice, all I can think of is the section <laughs> in Rose McGowan's memoir where she was complaining about hearing that baby voice and how it grated on her nerves it's amazing that she didn't she doesn't say Alyssa milano's name but it's obvious who she's talking about right. she's like one of my co-workers talks in a baby voice and it's the most annoying thing ever and i want to drown her in a bird bath okay so as we were recording this there was just recently a con it was like 90s con or something mm -hmm. and i think all four sisters were there wow 
and they did like panels together and they did like a really good job of pretending they all liked each other um shannon doherty's sick shannon doherty has cancer yes shannon doherty is very sick um i'm not saying anything negative about any of the sisters here i'm just saying that we know there was a lot of animosity between them and from everything i've seen from the convention they either have squashed it or did a very good job of concealing it and i think it was probably the latter and not the former oh i was gonna say i feel like with the exception of holly marie combs who does generally seem to be the one they all get along with i feel like the rest of them aren't really good enough actresses to cover up (laughs) so so you think it was legit yeah or at least like they all have other things to worry about now so it's like i did see a picture of a fan posing with rose mcgowan Mm-hmm. and uh, was he dressed as shacks and they were giving the thumbs up <laughs> you're so close so cl- no but so close the fan was we- the fan was wearing a t-shirt that had like all of the sisters on it mm-hmm. and uh rose mcgowan was like jokingly covering Alyssa milano with her hand when they did the picture wow never mind what i just said then Oof. but for the most part they all seemed to be getting along well and i was like oh okay interesting yeah Because they, they used to not be able to be in the same room together. But it, it has been... There are stories about thrown lamps. Yes. Like, it's American Dad or something in here. I just... I, you're... It, it's been like 20 years, though. Yeah. Like... They, they... We don't know what was happening then. We did we did talk about Armin Schimmerman last week, talking about how much he hated working with them. But they were also in what we know now was probably a pretty toxic environment mm. as far as the set goes and they were very young they were you got three child actresses all you know trying to do their thing Shannon Doherty a child actress would you say she's pretty young in Heathers wasn't she I mean I have a hard time judging people's ages but if not child child adjacent for her yeah and, and honestly, having read Rose McGowan's uh, memoir, like just the, the way that the way that the celebrity machine churns you up and then you have these three women, four women, but, you know, three at a time, mm. um, all kind of thrown together in a toxic environment, a toxic environment, even by the standards of toxic environments. It's like, yeah, I bet there was a lot of tension. Mm. And then with some distance from it, I guess I can believe that there's. I think that best case scenario, they've probably moved on from being actively hostile and are settling for being passively hostile. Passive aggressive? uh, I mean... Their voice sounds nice, but their words are mean. But yeah, Paige is in the underworld now. Yep. So, Phoebe's all sad that her actions got Paige thrown into the underworld. And uh, Piper's like, weren't you writhing on the floor screaming in agony earlier? What happened? Well, what's going on now? And and Phoebe's like, I think the baby's resting. Yeah, she's in pain when the baby is using magic. Hmm. So Piper's like, here, have some iced tea. And Phoebe throws it across the room. We kind of skipped over it earlier, but uh, it was suggested by Paige that they try binding the baby's powers uh you know so phoebe won't die and piper's like no if we do that we'll lose the power of three except that's not how that works like at all like they they bound 
Patty bound Phoebe's powers from the womb, but we know Patty still had her active freezing power. Yeah. It doesn't matter anyway, though, because the baby knew it was a binding potion, even though Phoebe didn't, and the baby shattered the glass. And... <laughs> If he was like, it's so unfair that my baby has cooler powers than me and is also smarter than me. Uh, anyway, Paige wakes up in the cage and is like, oh, is this like a, this is like a Dom thing? And the seer's like, hush, child, you're not what I wanted, but I will make use of you. And Paige is like, yeah, I can teleport. <laughs> and then she just turns into a little light ball and bounces around the cage. And the seer's like, oh, my God, magic. How do none of you get that magic exists? You were just reading about how I've been around for centuries and I do magical crafts. I can't believe you thought I wasn't going to trap you. Hey, guess who knows how to put up wards? <laughs> right? Paige is like, so was your plan to capture Phoebe and just keep her here until she gave birth so you could steal her baby? And the seer is like, oh, please, even I don't have enough patience to deal with Phoebe for, like... <laughs> I've been alive more months. I've been alive for thousands of years, but I can only spend so much time with Phoebe Hollowell. <laughs> so the seer is going to lure Phoebe by sending her a premonition of Paige kerploding inside the cage. Yeah. That's good idea. Yeah, and Phoebe's like, we have to save Paige, and Piper's like, I mean, do we? <laughs> and then the tall demon is like, hey, uh, use me to portal to go save your sister and leo's like don't do it it's a trap and they're like leo duh and like we're this isn't our first day but phoebe kicks leo so that she can teleport using the demon and he's like oh no the baby's taking over and she's like no that was me i need to go save Paige or whatever she's like i can't let you take the fall for me but then she vanquishes the demon okay this is weird though yeah she because it seemed like she was going with him but okay well when this is all done she's gonna she's gonna hell teleport heliport yeah she's gonna heliport down so like i guess she was just annoyed like she didn't want to travel through demon intestines so she vanquishes the demon even though they made a big honking deal about him being unkillable which is why the source had him in a magical cage instead of just vanquishing him in himself and leo reminds us of that he's like no one's ever been able to vanquish this demon before isn't that true about all unvanquished demons you're blowing my mind right now (laughs) you're blowing my mind right now um so we're meant to think that it's the baby who's doing this and it is right it is the fetus that's doing this magic but the power that's coming out of her palm that vanquishes the demon definitely is like blue good looking power right yeah yeah, it's it's a bright light so this this is it almost feels like it's setting up that there's good in the fetus nope right but i guess i guess maybe i'm just maybe i'm just reading too much into the special effects because immediately what happens is her eyes do that black flashy thing that the source's eyes did and then she teleports down to to hell because the uh the fetus is being drawn by the seer who is its actual mom as she explains to uh, Paige and Phoebe, there's this weird thing where Paige is like, Phoebe, you can fight it. The fetus is half you, which means it's half good. And the seer's like, no, the baby was never Cole and Phoebe's. It was always my baby. 
and I'm going to take it back using magic. And she she also says, let the little children come to me, which is from the Bible, because I guess in this analogy, the seer is Jesus. <laughs> okay. Shouldn't the seer be Mary? You know what? I Nobody, nobody. No, no, but none of the writers cared. I don't know why we should. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't think this makes any sense. Like... It was always the seer and the sources, baby? Because of the potion that she gave Cole to give to Phoebe on the night that Phoebe got impregnated. So, like, so, like, the potion was, like, the egg? No, it's that thing from that one episode of the Justice League cartoon that takes place in the future, epilogue. The one that was a tie-in with Batman Beyond. Do you remember this one? No. Okay, so... It's basically it's Terry McGinnis visiting uh, Amanda Waller on her deathbed, uh huh. Because he found out that he's genetically Bruce Wayne's son. Okay. And, uh, she she reveals that Cadmus, uh, after years of working with Cadmus and with Batman, she she was like, "Look, I was aware that the world needed a Batman. That Bruce Wayne was getting older." And that he needed someone to step into his shoes. So I had them use nanotechnology on your father. So any children he had would be genetically Bruce Wayne's. And then I engineered a situation how you get Batman. I... It's it's actually, it's a really solid episode. But it's this weird thing where they felt like they needed to make Terry McGinnis genetically bruce wayne's kid i guess that's what the seer did here where she used the potion instead of not nanotechnology to overwrite phoebe's egg with hers no it's like that that poster in the reddit sub in the subreddit not how women work where the guy thought that like women's eggs could stick to the top of guys penises oh god oh. and be implanted in other women is this the maternity test guy where he was insistent on uh yep. he was insistent on ta- the child having a paternity and a maternity test because she lived with other women and uh Oh right right. No, this was a different guy. This was You're a different right, right. guy. That was a different guy. Cuz he thought the eggs could like fly around. Well, he's like cuz when women live together their their cycles sync so it could be any of their babies and it, the poster was a friend of his who's like, how do I explain to my friend that that's not that's not how it works? Because I've tried explaining it to him, his girlfriend, his parents, and he is insistent that it might be someone else, as in not his girlfriend's baby. He is a full-grown man with a job. Like I've always thought it was weird that since we did IVF, it's possible that I – that. There was a mix-up and our child, like, I could not be the mother. Yeah, theoretically, our child could be... Although not because she is so us. <laughs> yes, she she looks exactly like, yeah. So, possible but unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure there's, like, safeguard. We're in Oregon. We're not in, like... A different state. A different state where they're, like... We're not in Florida. <laughs> My God. Where they don't care and they just, like, mix shit up all over the place. Uh, anyway, down in hell, Dane is, like, complaining to the to the 
dark priest that he's ready to be coronated. Oh my god, it is coronation time. It is coronation o'clock. You picked me to be the source. It's my turn to be the source. They had given, I don't think we said that they gave the seer a certain amount of time to show up with the baby so, so they could make that baby the, the, the leader. I keep, I keep wanting to say the source when I mean the leader because we've been saying the source interchangeably, but that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is they're picking a leader who's not the source. Anyway, the seer shows up and is like, wait, stop the coronation. I'm pregnant with the source of all evil, and I also have the source's powers, so I'm just going to be in charge for a long, long time. Long may I reign. Okay, but... It's not just, like, she says that she's pregnant with the source, and they're all just referring to the baby as the source now. But, like, it's more than just the source, right? Because, like, Cole, as a human guy, was capable of, like, maintain of, of controlling the source. Like, when the source possessed him, it didn't make him explode, even though he had no pa- magical powers at the time. Uh-huh. So this is clearly something that's the source plus... Although they just refer to it as the source. I mean, it is the, the source was just the magical entity that possessed people. So presumably that same magical entity is inside the fetus. So it, it, I think it makes sense to just call it the source. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm just saying it seems like it's more powerful than the source was, maybe? Well, I mean, it's also part seer. Right? Why wouldn't she just have sex with the source if this was her end goal? She's apparently had thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. She should have had she should have had sex with a non Cole source before Cole showed up because he's all in love with Phoebe. Yeah. Maybe that was always her plan and Phoebe just screwed it up by making the source fall in love with her. Or maybe since Cole is half human, he was the first source to have sperm. Whoa. You're blowing my mind again. Anyway, the seer is like, so coronate me and then we'll do a human sacrifice. Even though, as you pointed out when we were watching this episode, they didn't have to do a human sacrifice for close coronation, but whatever. Yeah, they're like, we'll use the charmed one as the human sacrifice that's always part of the source coronation. <laughs> whatever. Also, Paige is like, because Paige and, and Phoebe are in the cage, and Paige is like, hey, Phoebe, I'm so sorry that the seer stole your baby. Phoebe's like, it's okay, it wasn't my baby. I'm, I'm cool. Oh what my god. The fuck? Yeah, she's like, I could sense that it was pure evil, and it was no baby of mine, so I'm happy that the seer took it, actually. Which, everything else aside, everything else about this aside. All of your energy for eight weeks has been spent trying to nurture and protect the life that is inside of you. That's not, you don't turn that off. You know what this reminds me of in a really weird way? You might, because I brought this up relatively recently, even though it's Mm -hmm. not something I think one would generally think of with this plot. In the nanny. (laughs) Yeah. uh, There's a plot where uh, after after Fran is married to Mr. Shetfield, she thinks she's pregnant. It's played off as she's discovered she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And at at the end there it's like a two episode arc and at the end of the second episode it looks like fran is having a miscarriage she's in the park and her stomach starts hurting they call an ambulance and the next episode they reveal that she was never actually pregnant it was a false positive and she was just having cramps yeah i mean they they clearly decided to like backtrack and not do that plot which is fine i don't think the nanny was equipped to do that plot so i'm okay with that backtrack but but it's this really weird thing where 
Fran, if not functionally having a miscarriage, essentially had a miscarriage. Well, I mean, you would think the emotions would be the same, right? Y- yes, I would know that the emotions are the same because this is a thing. This is a thing that um, maybe outside of trying to conceive um, spaces doesn't get talked about. But like every month, there's there's that like anticipation and then a little bit of grief. Like even though that even though there's not a fetus, like it didn't happen that month but there's there is that two weeks of like because there's two weeks in general two weeks between ovulation and uh menstruation right so you've got those two weeks where you're like maybe it happened and you're like building it up and you're like um anticipating it and then you're like reading all of these signs you're like oh i'm a little sore oh i'm a little tired oh i'm a little nauseous right like there, it's all in your head because you're you're focused so much on this and you're so focused on your body, and then, you know, your period comes and it's like oh, and there's a little bit of grief every single month. It's different for different people. Yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to say like all experiences are universal, but this is this is a very common thing that people who are trying to conceive talk about when they talk about trying to conceive, and it's a thing that I personally experienced. Right, it's not it's not unusual. For Phoebe to have had this baby that she wanted, by the way, when I said, like, you nurtured it for eight weeks, I mean, because it was a wanted child. Phoebe wanted the child. Yeah. Um, like, if she had been like, oh, no, I don't want to be pregnant. I'm going to induce menstruation and eat this baby. Like, I would not expect her to be. I just, I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, for her to be like, oh, oops, never mind. Especially because earlier, earlier she was talking about how it was the only part of coal that remained. Yeah. Like, like she's like, I need to protect this. This is the only thing left of coal. This is not emotionally honest, Charmed. This episode is an emotional lie. I do not believe what you are trying to sell me here. Yeah, like, and let's be clear. The show has no interest in Phoebe dealing with the fallout of 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 not having this baby. Anymore. I mean, I did just give the nanny a pass because I'm like the nanny's not equipped to handle that storyline. I guess <laughs> Charmed is also not equipped to handle that storyline. To be fair to Charmed, but just let her. As as we talked about earlier, it would have been so much better just let her have the baby. That would have been a much more interesting storyline. And I think theoretically you can argue, even though she very, very, very rarely references this pregnancy outside of... Occasionally somebody will mention bearing demonic spawn or whatever, but like whenever they're relitigating Cole and Phoebe's relationship, this pregnancy is not brought up. Or yeah. it, it's it's very much minimized as something that happened. Because Phoebe accepted, and they want us to accept, that the pregnancy wasn't real. It was always a Sears baby. It was just, oops, just a coincidence that it seemed like Phoebe was pregnant. You know what show actually did this kind of retcon well? What? Married with Children. Um, it, it, isn't that a hard thing to do? Because wasn't the actors having fertility issues? Wasn't that a... Um, uh, Katie Seagal, they put her, they put her pregnancy, they wrote her pregnancy into the show, and then Katie Seagal actually did have a miscarriage. So they did like a, it was all a dream sequence kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and they actually did kind of do a, an emotionally mature retcon to not have to continue with the pregnancy plot, but also not have to deal with 
um, the emotions that they understood as a show they were not equipped to handle. Like, it it felt emotionally honest in a way that the nanny and Charmed do not feel emotionally honest. And the thing is, I don't think this was intentional. But I feel like you can kind of tie Phoebe's later baby obsession in the show back to this. Like, in the last couple of seasons, Phoebe is obsessed with getting pregnant. And I feel like you could read that as sort yeah. of a fallout from this. Uh-huh. You you absolutely can. It's Because she's like 27, and she's acting like if she doesn't have a baby immediately, it's the end of the world. Like... I, I think it would make sense if it was fallout from this, but really Charmed has no interest in exploring the emotions that would come from this happening. I'm sorry, I you said that I, I can't, I can't. You said it, I can't not say it. I'm 27 years old. I've no money and no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents and I'm frightened. <laughs> Which is from... Uh, Pride and Prejudice and oft quoted yes. as a reason to, to marry to, to marry Mr. Collins. Much like Once Upon a Time, Charmed is interesting fodder for the for the plots that could have been really interesting and in depth if they had decided to go there, but yeah. they just never do. They're they like never do. They're like four interesting plots you could have done multiple episodes on in this in this episode alone, but Instead, we're getting this weird, weak mishmash of all of them. That's because this entire this entire episode is just taking all of this potential and dragging it over to the recycling bin, like on your computer. That's the whole. They're like, "Oh shoot, we killed Colin. We have all of this like extra files. Let's just drag them over to the recycling bin. Delete forever." So this year has blown up. Uh, One of the minions, because she's well, the the guy who wanted to be right, the new right, seer. Right. Right. Dane. Uh, Dane. Because she is truly, <laughs> she is truly possessed of the source, and that is the source's answer to all problems. Yeah, and everyone's bowing down to her. They're getting the ceremony started, and uh, and Phoebe's like, Paige, you were right, and Paige is like, that's all I wanted to hear. Wait a second, we can't use magic to get out of the cage, but we could use magic to pull Piper into the cage, and then something, power something. Power three. Yeah, power three, something, something, power of three, right? Okay. Okay, all credit to Charmed, though. They're like, well, how do we get Piper here? And they realize, like, magic can go into the cage. Because they saw, because in Phoebe's vision, she saw the seer Yeah, Phoebe's, Phoebe's totally real vision that the seer sent to her. But she knows that magic can come into the cage, it just can't go out. So, the spell to call a lost witch. Yeah, which doesn't always teleport people but in this case it does it, it it's fine it's like the vanishing spell it does whatever the plot needs it to do i i appreciate i appreciate the way that this episode used spells that had been used in the past and like brought it all together even though that might have also just been lazy writing because they didn't want to write new spells i forgot to mention it earlier but leo has some very awkward standing in this episode like there when he orbed back from talking to the elders he was kind of hunched over with this wide stance brian krauss is standing very awkwardly at several points in this episode 
I couldn't find a good place to slot it in. I should have mentioned it then, but it's very, it's clear here too, where he's ranting about like, don't worry, we'll save your sisters because good always triumphs over evil and good, 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 good. And he doesn't realize that over the course of this awful little speech, Piper has been pulled into the cage by her sisters. As we are recording this episode, um, the posters for the Barbie movie have just come out. Yes. And boy is Leo Ken. He's just Ken. <laughs> Sisters are running around doing the work, and he is just Ken. He is just Ken. In this sequence, in fact, they're in the attic, and Piper's trying to figure out how to get to her sisters to help them. And they're like, okay, what do we do? And Leo's like, okay, well, we need someone who knows how to get to the underworld. We need someone who knows where the cage is. We need someone. And then the lost witch spell happens, and she just disappears in front of him. It's like, all right. That works too, I guess. So Piper's in the cage with her sisters and the ceremonies going on they're talking a lot during it which is super rude but i guess you know under these circumstances i'm sorry are you worried are you worried that the charmed ones are being rude during the source's coronation ceremony well they are and they're who are they the gilmore girls (laughs) so piper is so pissed she's like wait 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 you summoned me into a cage where we can't use magic, so we're all just going to stand here together and watch the source get coronated? And the source gets ready to... The source through the seer is having some difficulties. Like, she's got the fire face. Like, she's rising in the air and she's crackling with power. And they're like, oh, no, she's going to totally kill us. But she's also clearly having trouble containing the power. And... That's funny that you said that because I thought she was supposed to look like a honestly like a jesus figure oh no she definitely does when she rises up in the air and she's glowing and powers flowing from her like it's a it's a good effect she's like oh charmed ones look at me i am more power than the powerful than the power of three which is just asking for trouble yeah so she flies down and she's gonna shoot lasers at them to kill them to seal the coronation and they're like should we just do the basic power of three spell sure why not whatever the power of three will set us free the power of three and the seer's like shooting lightning and it's just it's hitting everyone and she's all blah, 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 and then she just explodes because the episode needs to end. Why did she explode? Phoebe even tries to explain it. She's like she's like, ah yeah, I felt like I was gonna explode when the baby was inside of me, so we should just we should just like putting too much air into a balloon. That's and then something bad no, but it's not even, and then something bad happens. Like, it works. They put too much air into the balloon, and then she explodes. Okay, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry about this in advance, but the seer didn't see this coming. She Again, she talked about how this was her plan all along and how she was always going to take the baby into her. Her precognition didn't give her a little heads up that she was going to blow up when this happened. Maybe, maybe because of the baby being the source of all evil, like, it's able to circumvent premonitions and she couldn't have premonitions about the baby. That would have been... The way that Alice can't have premonitions about Bella in Twilight. God. Because Bella is immune to vampire powers. I mean, that would have been a good thing to establish. I guess they had the whole source protecting itself from Phoebe's premonition. Whatever. You know what? It's over. The plot's over. Phoebe's not pregnant anymore. Don't worry about it. Clarify what happened here. Yes. The sisters do the power of three spell. The power of three will set us free. This causes the baby to become so powerful that it explodes and Uh, the seer explodes with it and takes out all of the demons around her. 
No, no, I think they were using that to protect themselves from the energy beams that the seer was shooting at them, and the seer overloaded trying to overpower the power of three. Oh, that's even worse, somehow. And then they, like, walk around and they're like, oh, look at all of this, uh, look at all of these ashes. I guess we are done with fighting demons because there are no more demons to fight. Yeah, we've killed all of the upper level demons, apparently. And they're like, oh, the grimoire, let's go throw that in the ocean or whatever. Okay, I, d- I do really like that Piper just pushes the cage open after everyone explodes. Because <laughs> It was powered by, like, the Seer's power, presumably, so now it's... I think it would have been really funny if she just never bothered locking it and no one tried. <laughs> that, that would be funny, yes. But, yeah, they take the grimoire, even though Good isn't supposed to be able to touch it. Oh, they, they actually don't touch it. I think Leo just orbed it. I feel like good magic shouldn't be able to touch it either, but whatever. But, we, but we've established before that it can be orbed. And Leo orbs it to, like, a mountain in Peru, so problem solved forever. Really? I mean, all you've done, all you've done is go plant an adventure <laughs> hook somewhere else. But okay, whatever. Yeah, you, you've, you've, you, you've created a plot hook for a group of evil adventurers. Right. Anyway, this is the part where Paige is like, "So we vanquished the source three times now. Is he really dead now, or what?" We're done. We're done with the source, which we are until the comics. But even then, he's like a nothing character. Also, Leo's like, no, no, he's definitely dead. I know he's definitely dead because the elders upstairs are super happy. And it's like, wait, does that mean that when you vanquished him before, the elders knew he wasn't really vanquished and didn't tell you? Wow, the elders are... We know that, right? We yeah, know... we, we know that the elders are all terrible people. But, like, you couldn't give the... you could have given them a heads up. But, yes, Leo is confident that no new source of all evil will arise, which, to be fair, doesn't yeah. really happen, so... They're it's just... all factions and avatars now. And it's all factions and crones and Zanku. Your children are from the future. Elders. Gideon. Gideon's an elder, technically. And he... Is, is he the... No, he's the big bad in the Chris season. Yes. Who's the big bad next season? I don't remember. Yeah. I know it's all dealing with Wyatt stuff, but... Okay. So... Leo's like, now we can focus on having a good baby. He literally and, says that. Yeah, now now that that's taken care of, we can focus on having a good baby. What the fuck is wrong with you, Leo? <laughs> He's a white lighter. He's there to guide and empower them. All right, so. And Piper's like, Leo, uh, just a heads up. Uh, we're going to have some difficulty there. And he's like, what? And she's like, I'll tell you about it later. And it's like, why not tell him about it now? Well, she just says it's going to be a rough road, which I think she decides that's the the most amount of medical information that that Leo, a former doctor, can handle. <laughs> it's hard. Fertility's hard. Just don't worry about it. Just, just keep banging me. Magic. I mean, come on. I, I, I know. But also, it's this is resolved literally next episode. So Yeah. All right. So... Piper also gives Phoebe the note that she found in the safe that Cole wrote to her and Julian McMahon literally phoning it in. Like, the least, the least emotional voiceover ever of all time. He's like, Phoebe, if you're reading this note, then I am already dead and it is probably, Definitely by your hands. Yeah, dead at your hands. And, uh, just want you to know that, uh, I love you, even though you totally killed me. 
save me. So that's not in the note. We hear that through the window later. Jillian McMahon is like, help me. What did he say? Nothing. He just burped. (laughs) Credits. Credit. Oh, my God. Uh, I know we've been talking for forever, but wow, was that a really bad way to wrap up a bunch of plots? Oh, that was so rough. Well, I mean, the question is, like, where where do we even, where do we go from here, right? When does the end appear? I mean, to be fair, I was kind of stealth referencing that. But next episode, the Angel of Destiny is going to give them an out for both this series, in case they didn't get picked up again, but also, you know, an out of being the Charmed Ones. Because the destiny which they've been on and off referring to as having has finally been fulfilled so theoretically they should be done right like this is the first but not last time where all upper level demons are destroyed i mean i I jokingly said where do we go from here but the next episode is literally called which way now okay i actually kind of like that title yeah and the description on peacock is destiny offers the sisters a chance to relinquish their powers and lead normal lives just like you said yeah but there's four more seasons of this, so you can tell. Uh... Spoiler alert. Wouldn't it be a... Okay, sorry. Let me back up a little bit. I was going to say, wouldn't it be hilarious if they took the chance and the rest of the seasons were just them leading normal lives? And so then Sabrina I the Teenage Witch. That's what happens in the last season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Although she doesn't even like take a deal or anything. She just stops using magic and goes to college instead. Yeah. I mean, it's it's last two seasons of Sabrina. Like, they're... Like, she's still using her magic in the first college season, but in the second college season, she basically drops it. And in the last season, she's Sabrina, the girl who works at a newspaper. I'm sorry, a magazine. She works for Spin Magazine, like a fake Spin Magazine. Yeah. Do you remember Spin Magazine? I remember it being referenced a lot. It was like Rolling Stone, but cool. It was like Rolling Stone for the youth. And where is it now? Dead. Because millennials don't want magazines. So... Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in the pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. I have one for this. Do you want to go first? Oh, you, you want... tell me yours. What's yours? Okay, so you know Doug, the guy who was going to be the new source of all evil? Dane. Dane. Jeff Meek. Jeff Meek. Uh, he played Raiden in the uh, Mortal Kombat TV show, Mortal Kombat Conquest, which was famous for basically being softcore porn because you can't really do ultra violence on tv uh-huh. so they just leaned in on the you know hey they're fighting bee women who wear like bikinis or whatever and the main character in that was played by uh the guy who's the prince in brandy cinderella oh okay yeah jeff meeks who, who by the way not jeff meeks but the yeah. guy who was the prince in brandy cinderella is also coming in to play the prince alongside Brandy in Descendants 4. Theoretically, they're not the same Cinderella and Prince Charming who gave birth to Chad. They could be because it was... Brandy Cinderella was race blind. Yeah, so it's... An, Although I I'd like, like to think that they'd be better parents. I feel like we've seen that Cinderella in, this, in the Descendants universe. Have we really not seen Cinderella in the Descendants universe? I don't know. They had parents day in the first movie, but... Maybe we didn't, though. I'm, I'm excited for it. And it could totally be Chad's parents. But, you know, like you said, they would hopefully be better parents than Chad's parents. I am very interested. A bunch of people are really excited at seeing Brandy be Cinderella again. Sorry, Mm. divergence, but I have to. A lot of people are really excited to see Brandy be Cinderella again. But 
at the overlap between people who are excited to see that and people who are fans of the Descendants series are not a perfect circle. And I'm just worried that people are going to come into Descendants 4 and be disappointed because it's not what they're expecting. Mm. I, on the other hand, am in the Venn circle overlapping part of people who are so excited to see Brandy back and people who love the Descendants movies. So I'm just 100% psyched. Anyway, Jeff Meeks was, or Meek, I think, was Raiden in that short-lived TV show, which literally ended with everyone dying because they thought they were going to get another season and they, they they had it as like a hook so that they can get another season and then they didn't. So canonically, everyone just died. Oh my God. Uh, he's also probably been in other stuff, but that's the main thing I know him from. He's gotcha. fun. I like him. Yeah. And he was fun in this episode, even though he didn't get to do much other than whine and explode. I'm I'm surprised that that was your premonition because the other premonition is very, very apparent. Go on. Oh, I just meant because he's so tall. Uh, Car- Carol Strucken, <laughs> right? The the tall demon, who's literally credited as the tall demon, um, is... I, I, I was like... Surely his IMDb will just tell me how tall he is because it's, like, super relevant to him, but it doesn't because that's not a thing IMDb does. Mm. You know him as being the, the tall guy, right? He's the giant in Twin Peaks. Mm. He's Mr. Holm in Star Trek The Next Generation, and he's Lurch in the Addams Family movies from the 90s. Like, that... He He's the tall guy and stuff. He's the tall guy, and he's super recognizable as being the tall guy. Hang on, before we move on, I do have to see how... how um... Tall he is? Yeah. According to the internet, he's seven feet even. Wow. Yeah. That is a very tall man. Yeah. He's a tall guy. He's a tall guy. According to, I just said according to the internet, you know, mm-hmm. um, according to the website, celebheights.com, he is seven feet tall. So you can take that to the bank. I mean, other other sites say it too. I just, there's a, there's a website called celebheights.com. People need to know. Apparently. The second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What, if anything, specifically dated this episode? Did you have anything for this segment? Um, okay, so it's it's really random, but when Daryl shows up, he says he's been calling and leaving messages on their answering machine, and nobody has responded because nobody checks their messages anymore, which, like, a landline <laughs> with an old-school answering machine attached to it? Also, I don't think this is a Time Freeze. I think this is just... The charmed writers not knowing how things work. Did you used to be able to just swap around doctor's appointments <laughs> like that? I don't think so. But maybe. Who knows? It literally flew out of my head the second I brought up the uh, segment. Phoebe references a commercial at one point. A very era-specific commercial. And I do not remember what it is now, and it's going to bother me so much. So we actually have a couple of references, one which has aged much better than the other. Because we skipped over it, but at at one point, Phoebe's trying to calm down the baby by uh, having it listen to Mozart. Like she's because you know. Oh oh, on on a Walkman, no, a Discman. I mean, on yeah. a Discman. I I just recently saw a TikTok that was jokingly explaining Discman to younger people, and I was like, yeah, you had to you had to carry it like a tray, <laughs> very carefully, or else it would destroy the CD. Uh, I actually had a C- I actually had a uh, CD player that had always oh, called like balance correction or something. Yes, so those I could, were those were the yeah those were the shit. Yeah, so I could like put it in my pocket and stuff. But uh, Phoebe, you know, is doing demon stuff when she's listening to it. Like the fetus is doing demon stuff, and Piper's like maybe it would prefer Ozzy, which 
was a very at the moment thing because didn't they have that uh, reality show at around that time like the the osbournes or whatever i don't think the uh, wait i did the osbournes happen yet the osbournes 2002 oh no okay so it's just a reference to a classic metal guy is ozzy classic oh. metal no, it's so so this is this is May of 2002. The Osbournes The Osbournes started in March of 2002. Probably probably not a reference to the TV show, but he was back in the Zeitgeist after like he had been out of it for a while and then he was he had a kind of George Foreman-esque image rehab where he was a confused metal dad instead of the guy who bit the head off of a bat because of drugs, how George yeah. Foreman rebranded himself as the girl dad guy instead of the guy who, you know, was a incredibly brutal boxer. Yeah. Oh, I just want to, you said grill dad, not girl dad. Yeah, grill dad. Yeah. Because he, he had sons. They were all named George, George Foreman. Foreman. He also had a daughter who became a boxer. He I, did! But, uh, yeah, so the Ozzy reference was time appropriate because he was seeing a resurgence as a pop culture figure around this time. Also, even though the reality show hadn't aired yet, I feel like we were probably talking about it. Oh, yeah, they'd probably been advertising it for a while. And also the Chucky reference, which Chucky was not an evil baby. Chucky is an adult serial killer who put his soul into a doll. Okay, wait. Counterpoint... Is that not what this is? Is the source not an evil serial killer who has put his soul into another vessel? I mean, I guess. I guess it's accurate. And yes, I'm just saying Chucky isn't. You'd say Damien. Damien. Damien would, is a lot more appropriate. But Chucky would be the more contemporary reference. And Chucky's Chucky's managed to stay pretty consistently pop culturally relevant. Like they've been making Chucky stuff. They never stop making Chucky stuff. The new TV show is apparently supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, we should check it out. I we haven't watched any of it. Yeah, I, they actually they actually reference uh, the seed of Chucky in it, like because he's found by I think a, a young gay kid. Uh huh. Who he's trying to convince to, I don't know, kill people or something. Like he he's doing sort of what he did with Andy in the first thing, where he's like this kid's secret friend who's trying to help him out, but you know he kills people. Uh huh. And he references the fact that he has a gender-fluid kid, which was a... Did you see Seed of Chucky? I did not see Seed of Chucky. I did not know that in Seed of Chucky, the the eponymous seed was gender-fluid. Yeah. Uh, Chucky and Tiffany had a baby, and uh, the baby is born as a doll. Uh, and the baby has two personalities, uh, I forget if this is actually it or if it's just reference. Glenn, who is the boy persona, uh -huh. who's very shrinking, violet, gentle kid. And Glenda, who is the girl personality and she's, you know, a Chucky-esque serial killer. And, you know, Jennifer Tilly and uh, Chucky are arguing about how to rate because he, want, he wants a boy serial killer and she wants a girl who doesn't kill. And uh, it ends with them putting Tiffany's uh, soul into Jennifer Tilly's body because Jennifer Tilly exists as an actress who is separate from the character right. she plays. Jennifer Tilly as herself 
Who is also the voice of Tiffany. Yes. But yeah, they put her soul into Jennifer Tilly's body, and she ends up re-giving birth to twins, one boy and one girl. But he references having a gender-fluid child, which I think is an interesting thing to bring back because I feel like most people wanted to kind of sweep Seed of Chucky under the rug. Which I feel like it was... It's not exactly a great portrayal of, you know, queer stuff. But it could have been worse. Like, honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't kind of returned as a cult classic thing. But I guess if you're trying to go for a cult classic thing, you don't don't usually become one. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's in uh, if you perform Little Shop of Horrors the when you when you get the scripts from samuel french there's like a note in the front that is like don't play this as camp you have to play it sincere or it does not work yeah which is kind of the issue with the chucky movies as they kind of veered more into comedy as they went oh it's it's a problem with a lot of horror franchises they tend to kind of veer into comedy which makes them not work as well oh my god we're so off topic we should get back to the we're almost done we're we're home stretch home stretch you know what you know why you're having trouble right now why that final power in our pack was so diminished. Oh, I actually think I have a really strong telekinesis. The opening scene. Oh, well, this is what I mean. The opening scene, and then it was beat down by the rest of the episode. Yeah, but the thing is, telekinesis, what in this episode genuinely moved you? And yeah, the opening scene, I I legitimately, when we first watched it, I thought I thought I would have difficulty watching the rest of the episode. So did I. Like, that did not happen. No, no, because the first scene is really well done. It's, and this is an episode that gave Holly Marie Combs a big speech. Like, Wait, did they have they gone to that well too many times, or is the episode just not that great? I I don't know, but yeah, the opening bit, and you know what? When they're taking her baby away, Alyssa Milano doesn't do her stupid baby oh. voice. She's, she, waits, she waits till she wakes up. She's sincerely acting, and it is genuinely hard to watch. Yeah. So I think that'll about do it. I think that'll do it for us. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines, or email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. <laughs>